0: Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. What I've learned about fear is that everyone is experiencing it, but everyone also thinks they're the only one experiencing it. (laughs) And when you think you're the only one up there experiencing it, you think, what's wrong with me, right? I must be weak. I must not be mentally tough. There must be something wrong with me. And, you know, part of my purpose, you know, in doing this is to understand that you're not alone. Like, Every single person is struggling, you know, and it's, it's 100% normal. Welcome to the award-winning champions mojo hosted by two world record holding athletes and health life and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to conversations with champions and now your hosts Kelly palace and Maria Parker.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hello, Maria. Hi, sister. How are you doing? Doing great. And we have our guest there who we're going to introduce in a second. Kristen, welcome to Champions Mojo. Thank you so much. So today we are so delighted to be welcoming Kristen Chef Shefshunas, the author of the upcoming book, 30 Days to Confident a 30-day confidence challenge for female athletes. So Kristen is a confidence coach, but as a swimmer, she started from being a walk-on at the University of Tennessee to captain of the team and a four-time All-American. She went on then to be a swim coach for 16 years, ending up as the head coach at the University of Miami, Her first four years there were a little bit difficult, and then she changed her approach and began really having success. Maria, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure, Kelly. According to Kristen, she finally stopped blaming everyone else and took a look
2: at herself, and she began using her unique gifts as a coach. She developed confidence coaching and began meeting one-on-one with her swimmers at the University of Miami, who then began having great success. Eventually, Kristen left swim coaching and started working one-on-one and to groups um, of women athletes and women in business about confidence. Kristen has worked with multiple Olympians, including Missy Franklin, Natalie Hines, Haley
1: Flickinger, and we're excited to welcome her and learn from her today. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. Welcome, Kristen. So, Kristen, on our podcast here, Maria and I have interviewed multiple NCAA Division One head coaches In fact, I think strangely of the seven Olympic swimming coaches right now for 2021, I think we've had six, five or six of the seven or eight on this podcast. So one of the things that we hear from all these coaches is there is a crisis of confidence in their female swimmers and we're, we're just, we're blown away. So can you just kind of talk about that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I, you know, coaching, I would get so frustrated because I remember being in, you know, the coaches area and the hospitality room and stuff like that. And I remember seeing coaches, you know, throwing their papers and they were just so upset because these women who worked so hard in practice, they were warriors in practice and they would get to a meet and, and fail, you know, in, in such a big way. And it was because of the lack of confidence and, you know, it would frustrate me because I'd hear their psycho or their head cases or, you know, and call them names. And, you know, I just want to be like, they're afraid, mm. they're afraid. Mm. That's it. Like if we start, you know, if we would just stop ignoring the fact that they're afraid and teach them how to handle that fear, they would be performing you know, so much better. So it's, it's been very frustrating because every coach out there knows that there is a crisis with confidence when it comes to their female athletes, yet nothing ever seems to change.
2: So how, and, how does the fear, how is it different for the females versus the male athletes?
0: Well, you know, I always describe it because we know that there's you know, men's and women's brains yeah, they're a little bit different, right? And I always say that, you know, as as women, we have about twelve hundred thoughts going on at all times, where men usually, you know, are, three. are simpler. Three. Right. They have three. Sim- <laughs>
1: three, <laughs> three max.
0: I mean, usually, <laughs> you know, it's one. So, you know, I always say we as we process our thoughts, we almost always run into a what if. And hmm. when we run into that what if You know, we don't walk, walk into it going, what if this is the greatest day of my life? You know, what if everything goes perfectly? We're thinking about every worst case scenario. And we are throwing ourselves into panic with those what ifs. So, you know, what I do, the very first thing that I do with my clients is let's get real and get honest about what is truly going through your mind as you're standing behind the blocks or you're about to walk onto the field or, you know, whatever sport you're a part of because so far, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time and I haven't met one female athlete um, that doesn't struggle with this.
1: Yeah, that is so, so perfectly put about women's brains are different. So you you know that was Maria asked it in, in one way and I was going to ask it in another way why women do that but it makes sense to be this you know we do every single scenario. And so that bad scenario scares us. So if we've got listeners that are doing anything. I mean, you know, we have a lot of swimmer listeners, but we also have a lot of other listeners who uh, maybe doing another sport or trying something new that they're doing a, a what if scenario. So, what if, what would you tell someone listening that has that what if scenario? How do they deal with that? Well, I think, you know, first of all,
0: when we get into, you know, wh- why these what ifs happen, I think it's important to remember that when you're walking into a situation where there are no guarantees, right? And sports, there are absolutely no guarantees and we are uncomfortably vulnerable. (laughs) I mean, just so uncomfortable. It feels as if we have very little control. And I think we can all agree women love control. (laughs) We want control. And I, I think when we start these, what ifs we're trying to, predict the future because if we know the outcome or we think we know the outcome then we feel like we have a little bit more control but again you know two big problems number 1 we go worst case scenario and scare ourselves but number 2 we can't predict the future i mean you know as i tell all my clients like you're not a fortune teller like you cannot predict what's going to happen until it happens so i think It's all about, you know, first of all, being aware of what those what ifs are, everybody has to write them down. As I tell them, nothing can shock me at this point, I have heard it all, you know, get to know them, be prepared for them, and realize, hey, I'm out in the future trying to predict, you know, how this is going to go, we need to get back into what do I know, right now. And this is where everything that I teach always comes back to truth for a woman. And this is a difference, I think, between men and women as well. So many athletes, Haley, you know, one of them, she said, you know, from a young age, she's been taught to stand behind the blocks. I will be great today. I will swim fast today. I will break a record today. But there was a problem because down deep, they didn't actually believe it. Hmm. And I am such a big believer that sorry, guys, women are way too smart to con themselves into believing something that we don't actually believe we have this down deep that always tells us the truth. So if we're sitting there going, I got this, I got this. And down deep, it's like, "Mm, you sure about that? (laughs) Like, that's not something, you know, that's not full truth to us that we can really put our focus on. So what we put our focus on has to be absolutely
2: true to us. And so what might that be in her case or in another client's?
1: Yeah. And so for listeners, we're talking about Haley Flickener, who just made her second Olympic team. She had an outstanding Olympic trials and had a lot of pressure on her going into the Olympic trials, like, like Natalie Hyon, she worked with too. So, um, so that's the Haley we're talking about. So what, what did Haley, what did you work with Haley on saying behind the block? Or maybe somebody else. Yeah. Or somebody else. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I have four, four clients on the US team right now. And you know, with let me go to Haley, because it's it's an easy one. In swimming, um, what if I die? What if this hurts? You know, that's always such a huge what if that a lot of people struggle with. And so when I first started working with Haley back in 18, what if this hurts, right? So I said to Haley, you know, finally, I was like, it's a 200 long course fly. <laughs> like,
2: it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. No question about it. What do it. you
0: do in practice when it hurts? I mean, I keep fighting and I finish. Okay. So, you know, what if what if I what if I die? What if this hurts? You know, her truth is, yeah, it's going to. It's going to hurt, but I also know I'm going to fight and I'm going to finish that's something she doesn't have to con herself into believing she I mean truly fully believes and knows about herself she'll always show up and she'll always fight
2: so you, you help people find their truths which I, I mean I just love that because if we're lying to ourselves we you know we can't get anywhere as you're as you're talking about this I'm thinking of all the little you know, my, we, in CBT, it's catastrophizing. You know, if I fail at this, my family will hate me. I will embarrass, you know, what, whatever, you know, those are my what So, you know, it's, it's, once you identify them and put them out there, they lose some of their power, I guess, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, another big piece of this is What I've learned about fear is that everyone is experiencing it, but everyone also thinks they're the only one experiencing it. And when (laughs) you think you're the only one up there experiencing it, you think what's wrong with me, right? I must be weak. I must not be mentally tough. There must be something wrong with me. And, you know, part of my purpose, you know, in doing this is to understand that you're not alone. Like every single person is struggling you know, and it's, it's 100% normal. I had an athlete, you know, a few weeks ago at trials say, this is the first time that I'm not freaking out because I'm freaking out. Like, (laughs) it's okay, you know, but we start freaking out, we start getting nervous and go, Oh, God, what's wrong with me? I shouldn't be this way. And it's like, you have a shot of making the Olympic team. Like, are you kidding me? This is, this is scary. And that's okay. But
1: you know, we need to learn how to handle those fears when they do come. So in, in, you know, looking at uh, some of your talks and you're not only a, uh, you know, a confidence coach, but a great speaker um, you, you often say I'm afraid and it's okay. So can you just expand on that a little bit? Like how that ties in with your truth and what to do with that if you're, you know, behind the blocks or on the starting line or about to give a speech or something. I'm afraid and it's okay. Yeah. Would...
2: I, lo- I loved how you one time described fear as like a big colorful bird that we all try to ignore.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. And, and that was my, my career. And l- let me say, you know, as you gave my bio, it sounds so impressive that I walked on at Tennessee and then, you know, became out a four-time All-American. But those All-American certificates are from Relays. Because any time that I stood up individually, I choked big time. so you know I uh, that's what I do I, I I describe fear as a big colorful bird, it's flapping its wings, it's right here you know by our ear, and it's chirping all these what ifs and all these fears, and the only way we've learned how to handle it is to go, you know, I don't see you, I don't see you, and that that's my career in a nutshell. I was scared to death, but I felt like a weakling, I felt something was wrong with me. So I'm not going to talk about it. The other seven women standing up here must be fearless, you know, something's wrong with me. So I just did my best to just pretend it wasn't there. But the problem is, is just because you pretend it's not there doesn't mean it's not there. And it certainly doesn't mean that it's not affecting you, you know, in a negative way. So everybody's got the bird chirping in their ear, you know, whether it be behind the blocks, like I said, or, or during the, you know, during your competition or whenever it's there. So I'm just such a big believer of, Hey, let's turn around and say, I see you. What if I disappoint everybody? I see you. What if I fail? Be honest about it so we can, you know, create a plan to move forward from it. But, you know, I'm afraid and it's okay takes away that what's wrong with me? Why, you know, why am I freaking out? Why am I so nervous? You know, I think something I've been thinking about lately is the reason you're so afraid is because you care. Mm. Like that's a great thing. You know, like if you didn't care, there wouldn't be, you know, any fear. And I always use um, Missy Franklin as a, as an example as well, because in 2012, when she was the princess of the Olympics and she was breaking world records and she was winning all these gold medals, you know, through her career up to that point, there wasn't a whole lot that went wrong. Right. <laughs> so there's not that there, she didn't have like, of course she had, you know, somewhat ifs, but there weren't a lot of them because when everything's going right, there's not really a whole lot to be afraid of. But then after 16 and the nightmare for her, you know, when we first started working together and I asked her to write down her what ifs, let me tell you, I got a lot of them, you know, a lot of them back. So, you know, I think it's just important to remember, you know, and, and this is why I don't work with super young kids right. because they're not going to get it because they haven't failed enough yet. <laughs> if you Failed. What if it happens again? It so
2: right. I think one of the things that makes you so effective is your authenticity that, you know, the stories about your life. You're also humble. Um, but so I'm just going to ask you an authentic question. What's your current? I'm afraid. Right now, but it's OK, this
0: book coming out.
2: <laughs> what might happen?
0: I mean, it's you know, it's vulnerability, and you know, I like everybody to like me. I don't like it when people don't like me. I don't like it when people are talking behind my back or saying, you know. And I know not everybody's gonna get it, and um, there's gonna be negative feedback. And there's good, even though I feel it's a very, I'm very, very proud of it. Um, but yeah, you know, what's your truths?
2: What are your truths about this?
0: You know, I'll use what I use when I when I speak before I speak. I always say when I'm speaking in front of athletes, I'm not as nervous because I know they're going to get it. When I speak in front of businesswomen, you know, who is this stupid swim coach coming up here talking to us? You know, what does she even have to say? What I have to remind myself of is they didn't bring me in here to talk about algebra because that would be disastrous. <laughs> they brought me in to speak about confidence. And that's what I do. I've been doing it for a long time and I'm really good at it. And I know for a woman to say I'm really good at something (laughs) is hard and it took me a while to get comfortable saying it. But that is a truth for me. You know, I feel like I am good at what at what I do. And I really believe that this book is going to be helpful. Will it help everybody? No. But I do believe that it's going to help a lot of women move forward from their from their fears and build some confidence.
1: That's beautiful. So th- yeah, that's, that's great. I We really look forward to seeing the book, which is coming out in August. So when someone does your work and then they develop, they, they develop this toolkit of being confident, is there, do you see a leap or a potential leap for women to start saying, I've got this, I'm good, I'm confident, I'm going to kick butt. I mean, I, I know the one person because, you know, we talk about neural pathways and training the brain and starting to really switch from adding a negative what if to a positive what if. And I, you know, we can't, I, I don't think you can talk about confidence within female athletics and not mention Lily King because I think she's like the one and she is the 1.01% of an athlete that stands behind the block and probably. I mean, she's probably nervous because she wants to race, but so all of that said, is there, I, I personally feel that Lily has mastered that neural pathway of, you know, I've got this, I'm good. I worked hard. She says she, uh, you know, a lot of people got on Lily at an, an NCAA's post. I think it was her post junior or senior year. She was interviewed and they said, how, what'd you think of that race? And she said, yeah, I, I know no one has worked harder than I have. So a lot of people thought, oh, that was awful for Lily to say, because she doesn't know how hard everybody else has worked, but it was just one way of owning what she did to be that confident. And so I, you know, I think I've laid the background for you to answer the question. Can women athletes make this leap from the bird to then bridging it to being as confident as somebody like Lily King? Yeah.
0: Um, let me say, if a man said, "I've worked harder than anybody else," no one would question him. Right? Of,
1: course no, of course not. We're not.
0: we're huge Lily King fans because of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We so, have to be
0: humble and yeah. Right. Don't yeah. get me started. So, I think that she is. She's had a career where a whole lot has not gone wrong, right? <laughs> so it's a lot easier. She knows every time she stands up, there's a very, very, very good chance that she's going to win. Mm-hmm. So no doubt that she has expectations for herself that she holds herself to. And so what if that doesn't happen? hundred percent. So far, you know, in, in working <laughs> with people, I haven't, I know, I haven't worked with them. If, if you knew what my week was like during Olympic trials and, you know, getting the texts and the I'm terrified and the tears and the, you know, I'm not going to say it on here, but like, there, people were absolutely terrified. It, it didn't matter, it didn't matter that they've learned how to handle their fears, like being terrified was still there, but it was, you know, one of my, one of my Olympians said, it's like um, uh, you go down a rabbit hole, right? And when mm. you're in fear, you go down this rabbit hole and you keep going and it gets darker and darker and the fear mm. gets bigger and bigger and bigger. She said, it's not that I don't go in the rabbit hole. She goes, but I take a couple steps in and go, hmm, this isn't where I want to be. Mm-hmm. I need to go you know, somewhere else. As, and this, is, this phrase actually started with Natalie Hines in 18 when we started working together was, you're gonna go there, you just can't stay there. <laughs> and so giving people the under, you know, giving them grace because again, we start beating ourselves up What's wrong with me that I'm afraid? What's wrong with me that I'm nervous? There's nothing wrong. You're gonna go there. You just can't stay there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to Lily, Carolyn Joyce was very, very similar. She said in swimming, she didn't have a lot of confidence issues, but she, but she said in other areas of her life, she struggled. But sure. when it came to swimming, um, there wasn't a whole lot to be afraid of. But again, you know, before 12, you know, when, um, you know, she had a bit of a rough year, there was a lot that went right with her career.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. So is the goal for us as women or in general to get to the place where we're just purely confident or just deal with it one step at a time? I think confidence is being honest. I think confidence always revolves
0: around truth. If you have to fake it, you're not going to find confidence anywhere. So I think the, you got to be real. And if you're struggling with the fear, you got to be honest about it, you know, and learn how to handle it. Cause like you said, you know, as we keep it in, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It loves darkness. But when we have the courage, you know, to speak it out and get it out of us, does it fully take it away? No, I know, but I do believe that it makes it small enough that we can step over it to move into our potential. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm just sick of women beating themselves up because they're afraid. It's right. okay. Yeah. We all are, we care. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's, it's not about being fearless. It's about, you know, learning how to handle the fears yeah. when they come. That's, that's,
2: that's probably true for everyone, but especially for, I would imagine a high level athlete who has used to winning and Yeah. And there's not a lot of cozy support systems up there behind the blocks, you know, (laughs) we're not all hugging each other before and going, yay. So I, yeah, you have something called confidence nuggets and, and I know in, and Kelly and I both coach, we, there, we, we have something that's called an anchor, which is like a visual reminder. So talk about confidence nuggets in that way.
0: Yeah. So it started when I was at Miami because I started noticing one of the first women that I um, started working with and she actually got vulnerable and it completely changed her career when she admitted her what ifs and stuff. So I remember in practice, anytime that I would validate her or say good job, almost always I got up, please, it wasn't that good. It should have been faster. It should have been this, it should have been that. And I realized She never felt like anything was good enough. Well, once I saw it in her, I started kind of seeing it everywhere (laughs) in women. You know, we never give ourselves credit. We have big goals. We're willing to work really hard to get those goals, but we never give ourselves credit. And then, of course, the second thing that I started seeing was as athletes, they could do 99 things right in practice and one thing wrong, and they were always walking out focused on that one thing wrong and beating themselves up for that one thing wrong. And I thought, you know, to be confident, we need to feel prepared. Like that's, you know, no ifs ands or buts, like we need to feel prepared. But if we're never giving ourselves credit and we're only focused in on what we're doing wrong, it's not possible. You're not going to feel prepared. And so came up with this theory. I envisioned our confidence as gold nuggets. I have no idea why or where that came from, but everybody knows what a gold nugget looks like. And I thought, you know, we have a goal. If we take a step toward that goal and actually give ourselves credit, gain a gold nugget, you know, pay attention to the 99 things we're doing right, you know, gain gold nuggets, pay attention to that one thing we did wrong, but what was your effort like? I'm going to give myself credit that I kept fighting, you know, gain gold nuggets. So by the time we're at our goal, you know, we got this mountain of gold nuggets, which, hey, I, I'm prepared. Look at this mountain, right? It's, it's proof. So went out and bought a bucket of gold beads and put them in the locker room at Miami and told them, hey, anytime you take a step toward your goal, I want you to take one of these and it can be your visual reminder. You know, it's a long, long story that I won't go into. You know, some women were too cool and they didn't want to do it. But the women that actually bought into the idea it was really cool to see them, you know, build up these confidence nuggets. And then, yeah, I called them confidence nuggets. I forgot to say that. And, um, uh, a lot of them started putting a bead on a pin on their backpack. So when we would go away to competitions, when they would, you know, what if I'm not prepared, what if I didn't do enough, what it, you know, all those ones that I hear all the time, having that little bead was just their visual reminder of their truth that they were prepared, you know, and they had done the work. So in end of 14, I met Katie Miley, um, who won bronze in Rio. And um, anyway, we started working together at the very beginning of 15. Obviously, as she learned how to handle her fears and stuff like that, she got better and better and better um, ended up making the Olympic team. So one of the things that she liked to do was Um, before every competition, she would write down 10 reasons why she was going to swim fast. And that was her truth that she could focus in on when the fears came. So anyway, when she made the Rio games, I I took the confidence nuggets because she knew the whole story because I have a big lesson behind it, Um, made her a bracelet with 10 of those confidence nuggets on it to represent the 10 reasons why she was going to swim fast. And so when she walked into Rio and got scared to death, you know, she could look down at her wrist and be reminded you know, of her truth. And so she told me she didn't take it off the entire Olympic games. The only time she did take it off was to swim. And she still kept it at the top of her swim bag just to catch a glimpse because it became that important to her because when we are in panic mode and our brain shuts down, having that little visual reminder got her back to her truth. So when she came back and told me how much it had helped, I started making more bracelets with one confidence nugget. And then each, you know, color or pattern represents a truth that we as women so often forget, you know, I am courageous. I am determined. I do belong. Um, you know, I am enough. I am worthy. You know, there's, um,
2: they're beautiful. You know, they're on the website. We'll put that in the show notes. They're beautiful. Thank you. They're, yeah.
0: You know, and I was just telling somebody, you know, Natalie doesn't even wear her bracelets very often, but she keeps them in her swim bag and she just wants to touch them you know, before she swims, just it,
1: like I said, just to have that little reminder can make such a big difference. Yeah. And, and we, um, this works for business women too. I mean, it's not just for, um, athletes. you know, athletes. So, you know, we, we talk a lot about celebrating, you know, Maria and I feel like people don't celebrate success enough. So it's just another thing that, you know, not just women, but a lot of men too, you know, I coach actually, I think I'm coaching all men right now, but, um, they say they don't celebrate enough. And so I think that's just beautiful. So those nuggets can work for, for anyone. Um, I, in the interest of time, we, we could just talk all day. You're obviously a champion at, you know, what you've done. You were a champion swimmer, but also what you've just done in life. Um, what would you say, two or three of your best practices that you do consistently, like routines and habits or rituals that, that have made you successful? I speak
0: my truth, you know, um, counseling is very important to me. Uh, but also every Tuesday night, two of my best friends come over and we have wine and we just vomit our truth and just, you know, full, you know, down deep stuff. Cause I always, as I tell my athletes, like what you won't admit now, you know, it's too embarrassing. I don't want to talk about it. It's going to be what bites you in your butt, you know, in your biggest moment. So certainly um, speaking truth. And then, you know, also giving myself some grace. I was just having this conversation. We're so hard on ourselves. I'm a person, I mean, I, you know, I know I'm the type of woman who always gives my best. What, my best looks like that day <laughs> differs, you know, but on those days when my best is ugly, you know, I've learned to give myself some grace and remind myself that I'm doing my best and give myself some credit for
2: it. So that's sort of the other side of confidence. Cause we can't always win. <laughs> some, oh, yeah. days, some days we don't win. And if you have confidence, you're, you still, you give yourself grace. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. yeah. What is your biggest obstacle that you've overcome in your life?
0: Well, certainly those first four years at Miami, <laughs> those were rough. You know, I I went in trying to be what I thought a head coach should be instead of, you know, being, being me and I failed miserably and the women didn't like me. And again, I really like to be liked. So, you know, that was, that was hard, but finally, you know, got vulnerable, stopped blaming everybody else, you know, started working on me and that changed things for sure. And honestly, what I learned through that has been with me, you know, through this whole thing, because starting my own business in 16, goodness, that's, that's been a journey as well. And certainly through COVID, I mean, you know, with no competitions and, you know, no one swimming, it almost took me down. So I'm so thankful, you know, that it has survived and, um, you know, I'm able to move forward.
1: Yeah. Maria and I always say some of, you know, your greatest one's greatest uh, accomplishments often come out of your your biggest failures I mean that's oh. just kind of you know classic so that's that's great to hear that um, well wonderful so um, how about if you were to give you know one piece of advice out there for our listeners that may be just not an athlete because um, we've we've covered a lot for athletes but if somebody's listened that is not an athlete and they, want to do something that they're just not confident. They just, just, I just don't know that I'm cut out for that, even though I want to do it. What, what advice would you give them?
0: Well, fear is not just an athlete thing. You know, anytime you have expectations for yourself, other people have expectations for you when you care about something. I just think it's so important to know that the fear is coming and that's okay because you're human. It's learning, hey, let me get honest about it. Let me get them out into the open. Let me get honest about them and then realize, okay, you're going to go there, but you can't stay there. And so, really figuring out what is my truth? Like, what do I fully believe about myself down deep? Which for some people, they know it right away. For others, it takes a while because, you know, as women, I think for a long time, you know, when you try to, speak your truth, you get knocked down, humble yourself, you know, Mm. and, and get, you know, like Lily, like, you know, what other people work hard too. So I think sometimes it's hard for us to speak our truth because we've been pushed back a little bit. We've learned to shrink, I think a little bit. And so really fully owning your space, you know, and, and speaking truth, I believe is, the only way you're going to be able to move forward from fear because confidence always, always, always revolves around truth.
1: I love it. So if someone wants to work with you directly one-on-one, we'll put the information in the show notes of how they can do that and go to your website. And then the other way, which makes your book so wonderful is if, if someone wants to take that 30 day confidence challenge, which your book is based on, can, is that for non-athletes or just athletes? Like could, Could a businesswoman do it too? Well,
0: I made this book specifically for female athletes. Okay. Because female athletes are rarely the priority. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing something specifically for them, but hold tight because I'm going to be making one in the future for the rest of
2: us. Yes. That's (laughs) awesome. That is a lot of, a lot of uh, businesswomen are athletes. Yeah, Yeah, that's true.
1: That's true. Yeah, Maria, you want to ask great. the last question? Yes.
2: Is there anything that we haven't covered? I mean, <laughs> you have so much, so much wisdom. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to make sure that people who are listening know?
0: You know, I, I think um, just this 30 days to confident, you know, I'm just so, so proud of it. You know, I think it's 30 of the, um, I, what I think are some of the most important lessons about confidence. And so it is just, you know, a short story, a short lesson, and then some challenging questions that you got to get vulnerable with. And as I tell all my clients, like I can sit here and give you all the information, but if you don't put it to practice and you don't do the work, nothing's going to change. And I got to be honest in my business, not everybody takes it and actually runs with it. The people that do, You know, I could cry just talking about it. I mean, you know, even somebody like Natalie Hines to see how much work she put in and to go from someone who choked at every U.S. national as (laughs) possible when she was, um, you know, when she was swimming to come back and and do this. It's just been absolutely
1: amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, we love Natalie. We just had her on the show. Yeah, and she, she was mentioned awesome. you a lot. A yeah, lot. yeah. yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So well, wonderful. this has been fantastic. I know people are going to get a ton out of it, and we're so grateful for you to join us today. Thanks, Thanks. for having me. I loved it. Thank, yeah, thank you. you so much. It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now, the takeaways. So Maria, Oh my gosh, that was so fantastic. Yeah. Kristen. I, I knew it was Shef- show. Yeah. Kristen Chef Shunas, a confidence coach, an author of her upcoming book, really, really excited for this book, which is coming out in August, 30 days to confident, a 30 day confidence challenge for female athletes. So if you didn't listen to the whole thing, really, really recommend it. But uh, our, our takeaways, we're going to do two each and Maria, what was your first takeaway? Well, I, I mentioned it in the the interview, but I, what
2: I love, love, love about her is her authenticity. And that's really what she, it's kind of her, her, one of her major themes is like, you have to be authentic. You have to identify, you know, your fears. It's the part of, you know, I'm afraid that's okay. It's the, I'm, I'm afraid, admitting what you're afraid of, identifying what it is that you stand to lose, you know, being authentic. She's very, you know, she tells, she talks about her failures and, and, you know, it's not all rah, rah, rah. It's like, first we have to figure out where we are, who we really are, what we're really afraid of. So I thought,
1: you know, authenticity is a beautiful,
2: I like authenticity anyway, but it's a beautiful takeaway.
1: Yeah. That, that she makes the people she works with make a list of yeah. what, what are you really afraid of? You, yeah. you know, if these things happen, these are the 10 things. Right. And, and the, she and says, and then, I've seen it all. Yeah. And then being authentic about who you are that deals with these things. Right. You know, right. So, That's the other
2: side of it is that, you know, what are your good, you know, what are the truths that are good? You know, not so, you know, and sometimes we have to dig harder for those because the things we're afraid of are bigger. They seem bigger in our consciousness, but, but then she, you know, after people identify their truths, then, then she says, okay, now, Is it true that you work hard? You know, is it or they have to come up with them? I'm sure. Is it true that, you know, that 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 you're you know good, that you know, that you, you know, whatever, whatever their truths are. So yeah, that's the other side of it. I like it.
1: Yeah. And and that leads into my first one very nicely, where this is kind of the gold nugget thing, which she talks about again, listening to the whole thing, but celebrating. And so, so when you're in this this pressure-filled situation or a, a a lacking confidence, you're scared what do you do? Well, you know, what, you know, if you're in the last length of a 200 meter long course butterfly, you say to yourself, I've, you know, I've done this before a million times in practice. I'm strong. I finish hard. I'm tough. So those are the things that are the gold nuggets. Those are the things that we, we need to celebrate. What do you do well? And that, that was my first takeaway was the flip side of the fear is this, focus on, instead of focusing on the what ifs, um, it's focusing on what have you done well that really could give you confidence. And let's think about those. Let's line those up. Let's make those anchors. Let's make those your gold nuggets. Let's make that list as well. Yeah. And and that's so good and hard.
2: She, She says this is hard, partly because as women, we're taught not to stand up and talk about what we're good at or you know, it's, it's, you know, it's quiet down, you know, being the, you know, simmer down. You're not, you're not that great. So, um, yeah, it's, it's to have those, keep those gold nuggets. She has a business selling bracelets with the nuggets on it. And it's just a physical reminder of like, yeah, what am I doing? Right. So you're right. The first part, you, you got to have that second part of the first or the authenticity does no good. That's wonderful. Um, so my second takeaway was I, Uh, at the end of the, towards the end of the interview, she talked about giving herself grace. And I think uh, surely we've talked about this before, but we can be so hard on ourselves in our mind and, you know, we're, we're going to make progress and then we're going to have bad days. And, um, you know, and if, if we, if we can just give ourselves grace, you know, to know that sometimes things aren't going to go that well, she told the story of a, a swimmer who would traditionally go down this kind of bad rabbit hole of bad, negative thoughts. And what, what the swimmer was finding was that she would still go into the rabbit hole, but just not quite as deep. So she was recognizing that, you know, she was giving herself grace. I'm, I'm going down this rabbit hole, but oh, I'm going to stop right here and turn around. And I think that's, I think, you know, being able to forgive yourself and give yourself grace for when you don't have the best, the best day. About your
1: second, yeah, yeah. My second and final takeaway was the idea of why women might not be as confident as men. It's our brains, and right. I, you know, I just not that long ago, um, I listened to an audio book that I loved on the female brain. It's called the female brain and how we're di- our brains are different than men's. That we have, I don't, uh, the, I don't know the number. We 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 didn't write it down, but it was either twelve hundred or twelve thousand. I'm sure it's twelve thousand thoughts per hour or something. And men From have per minute, but men have a significantly reduced number of thoughts. <laughs> so of what women have, that's, that's just the brain, the male brain and the female brain. And so of course we're doing the, the scary scenarios, the, the worst scenarios. So that, that makes so much sense. And I think just knowing that um, helps the male listeners dealing with women and helps us women know, okay, the reason that I'm feeling like this is because my brain is producing all these thoughts. So I love that. I, I do too. I, I that's a lot of rabbit holes, <laughs> you know. Twelve. Yeah, it's a lot however of rabbit many, holes. However
2: many, however many it is, and just acknowledging that that is the way your brain works and that our brains work um, is is giving yourself some grace. Like, oh yeah. Okay, there's a lot going on here and you know that's the way I'm made and you know that's not a bad thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Great stuff, great stuff. Can't wait for her book to come out. And um it's just love this again, this adventure, this journey when we get to talk to great champions like Kristen. It is
2: so great.
1: <laughs> love I love you, you, Maria.
2: I love you too, Kelly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: This week's quote of the week comes from Kristen Chef Shunis.
1: What we put our focus on has to be absolutely true to us.
0: You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cabra Media and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.